0: This is vSIN Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on vSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Welcome in to Veasan Final Countdown. Story Tony and Matt Brown live from the Veasan Studio in Las Vegas. Thank you for hanging out with us. Got a great two hours ahead. Uh, Eli Hershkowitz, lead writer of TheLines.com, is going to join us a little bit later this hour. Get into some college hoops. He's got his best bets for the day. Steve Buchanan. NFL analyst over at DraftKings. He'll stop by an hour or two as well, get into some NFL news. Why are you giving me that look? If you are on one, okay, ladies and gentlemen, everybody out there listening, I just want to let you know. Reprimanded
4: before the show started. I screamed at I got screamed at. Well, because you
3: be coming in hot every day. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why you can't just keep it simple. Set up your little space shuttle Mm -hmm. here that you have, get your foot box, and put in your earpiece. I had to go get my own foot box
4: and my own water today, like a peasant. Like a like a plebeian, I had to do that.
3: A plebeian. Yes. You have four minutes to just... All you have to do is just sit down. You just have to sit down and make sure your earpiece is in for the show and you can't handle it. I'm good
4: to go. Today's going to be right. a really good show.
3: Proud of you. I think that it's going to be as well. So thank you for finally making it to your seat. That yes. is excellent news. Um, also, we did get... Good news overnight, um, positive trajectory as it appears on the DeMar Hamlin situation. Of course, we've talked about it a lot. Yesterday, you're going to continue hearing any update that that we get or on any network that you get um, about the status of the second-year uh, uh, defensive back for the Buffalo Bills. Of course, he remains sedated and in critical condition, but doctors got some positive readings overnight. His uncle has come out and said that things are, are looking up up at least so nice to get a little bit of good news on this situation that's the the latest update that we have for you if anything more does come in we will let you know all we can do really right now is hope for the best and continue to play the waiting game as far as his status Um, same goes though for the NFL and their next steps when it comes mm-hmm. to what they do on the football field, the NFL yesterday did announce that the Bills-Bengals game will not be played this week, and that the Week 18 schedule will remain set. Right before we came on here on the show, um, they said that Bills and Patriots game would be played, so the Bills are going to to get on the field and play their game as scheduled in Week 18. And uh, they had a, a an NFL executive like, conference call earlier today, and a couple things came out of that, including from Troy Vincent, who said that everything is on the table. Everything is being considered when it comes to the bills bengals game and how they're going to try to figure this out. In 2020, the COVID season, they learned a lot about trying to reshuffle games and situations, so still a lot to figure out when it comes to this, but they are at least having those conversations at this point.
4: Yeah, and and look, it's like we were saying. I mean, there is it would if it was almost any literally if it was almost any other game they might could just cancel if this was indian houston they would just cancel this game. Right. you know like it, this would just get canceled we move on but there are just so many different implications that come into play here that you can't just cancel it and move right. on because the thing is is I, you know i've seen some of the different scenarios that people have floated out there. One of which being, Hey, look, why don't we just cancel the game and we go by win percentage? Well, the problem with that being is if the chiefs were to win this coming week, who they are no, they are not currently the number one overall seed. And even if the bills win in week 18, it would still have the chiefs jump the bills without the bills, any fault of their own, right? It would just be because one of their games got canceled and then you would, you would lose the number one seed. And again, in an era in which only the number one seed gets the buy, it's a pretty big deal, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a pretty massive deal. And so I think if you're the Bills, as tough as this is to, to move on and all of that, I mean, I know this team wants to rally around not only not only the rest of their team, the community, everybody who's mm-hmm. been affected by all of this. And, you know, they want to win. They want to go and continue on with the season and do the best that they can. And, of course, it is a gigantic advantage if you don't have to play a game. If you get a free win towards the Super Bowl, that is a massive thing, you know? And so I don't know what they're gonna do here. I don't know how they're gonna do this. I don't know if we end up just having everything getting pushed back a week after week 18 and we just just have Bill's Bengals and then like then we go into the playoffs or something. Like I don't know what they're going to do. But it's, like I said, certainly everything's all on the table.
3: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see Mm -hmm. if they are able to get creative to try to rectify the situation Mm -hmm. in in some way, shape, or form. But it's... Time is running out, mm-hmm. obviously, with this being the final week of the regular season. And this was a game, like you mentioned, with so many big implications. And for as inconsequential as it feels when you're talking about, you know, life and death being yes. in the balance for a person, this is still something that these players on the field have worked for yep. and do want to have happen. And DeMar Hanlon was one of those people and that was working they for They want
4: to do it so. for him. And honestly, he yeah. would want them to do it and, every you know, all the things like that. I mean, that, that goes into it. And again, in our little bubble here, and again, we understand that it's far bigger than sports betting. And we've said it a thousand times yesterday, but we'll say it, you know, yet again today that this is all far bigger than sports betting, but you're here for those angles. You're not here for the right. stuff that we aren't experts on. And from a sports betting angle, like not only does that game mean a lot just from a playoff perspective, but just from a gambling perspective, right? I mean, there are bets of who was going to be the number one seed. There were bets of who wins the AFC. there's bets that tie into it. So Cincinnati for the game to get canceled, right? Like, they went from having two shots at winning the division mm-hmm. to only having one shot at winning the division. So, I mean, there are a lot. And, again, the division bets are still all up. And, well,
3: and another, like, part of that, how we mentioned yesterday when it comes to sports books and their house rules, some of them are, are based on a 17-game season. Mm-hmm. So, how is that going to play out if they don't play every single one of their games? Yeah. And so, there's a lot of, like, implications that come with that.
4: No, On top of it being – you know, the game of the years it was anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, the millions upon millions that were bet on that just alone. I mean, we had Vinny in here who said that Monday night football game was trending to be the biggest game of the year. And it makes sense, right? It was two of the top power rated teams in the NFL in a very, very important game, in a standalone game. I mean, like, every single thing that was, like, leading into that was was having it being one of the biggest games of the year. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff that is going to be affected by whatever the NFL decides to do here. Um,
3: as far as the game that we do know is going to be on Sunday with the Bills on the field, there are seven-and-a-half-point home favorite in the game against the Patriots. Anything initially that comes to mind with you with them playing this weekend?
4: Yeah, I mean, look, there is – no matter what, there is still – an incredible amount to play for here for the bills. I mean, specifically if they have gotten word. So this is kind of like how I was talking about even the situation. I know there were a lot of people who were, who were mad at how rapidly the game was actually postponed and things like that, but I'm kind of giving minimal benefit of the doubt that there was probably a whole bunch of decisions and conversations being made and decision was made way before we were informed of the decision. Right. And all that. So like, I kind of feel like that too, where the bills and and, and the Bengals might actually know, Hey, Y'all are going to play this game some way, shape, or form. So, like, if the Bills know that, and the Bill and with everything to play for here, including the number one seed overall, mm-hmm. I mean, this is like this is as big a game as it is the, as the Cincinnati game is, you know. And so, I expect you get you know full on massive effort here f- from this from this Bill squad in this game against the Patriots. And you know, I mean, it's a it's a home game, certainly going to be super emotional with everything that, that's going on. And so. Uh, I don't know. From from a, it feels weird from from a betting perspective to try to like handicap how yeah. these guys are going to be able to deal with taking the field. You can't
3: handicap cap emotion. You yeah, just can't. Yeah, like how so. these
4: guys are going to feel taking the field after all of that. I mean, hopefully we have a little bit more concrete information and hopefully we have a little bit more to make us feel better about what's going on with Damar Hamlin. But you know, again, this is a this is a Very, very, very serious thing to where we might not by the time that this all happens this weekend.
3: Yeah, fluid situation, hoping, um, like we said, that we continue to get more positive news as that information becomes available. We'll certainly relay it to you, but that's where we stand. Right now, there are a number uh, of quarterback situations that we need to update as well when it comes to week 18 of this NFL regular season. And so we'll, we'll start here and we'll carry it back over to the next segment as well. Mm. But let's start in uh, in Bears country because Justin Fields ruled out for Sunday's game against the Vikings. So it's Nathan Peterman for betting purposes here. Bears getting seven and a half hosting Minnesota, total 43 and a half. And what happened just according to head coach Matt Eberflus here is that Fields came in with a sore hip, had an MRI, uh, not going to be a long-term injury, and we see that number now up to eight, but the strain was uh, enough to hold him out. He's been battered all season. I mean, Mm. he was the most sacked quarterback in the NFL, took 55 sacks this year, but he will end his season 64 yards shy of the Lamar Jackson single-season rushing record.
4: This was sitting three and a half on Monday. The writing started to show up. You know, writing writing on the wall started to be there whenever Mm -hmm. Ibra came out and said that he was not going to commit to, to Justin Fields playing this week. And listen, that was when this thing started to move. So the three and a half instantly turned to four, which turned to five and a half. And then, of course, as we see, I mean, behind us, it's all the way to eight. It's mm-hmm. seven and a half. Rest of country right now uh, out there in favor of the Vikings. Of course, the Vikings with still a lot to play for. There is a, you know, one of these... Strings of things that can happen this weekend. If There's this, the, if, the this Bears if this, if this, they could lose for, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. Vikings
3: have a lot to play if for. If this, so. if this,
4: if this, then yes, then uh, Minnesota could, could still technically end up with the one seed in the NFC. And so uh, everything to play for, for this team. And listen, here's the deal with, with Minnesota. It's kind of the same thing we've seen all year long, right? It's like... They've beaten up on teams with bad defenses, and they've and and teams with bad offenses. They've they've been able to kind of handle. It's the teams with the good offenses and the mediocre defenses that have that have kind of kept these games close. So I expect them to be able to move the ball at will. I don't expect Chicago to score a ton of points here. What we have seen as well is this total started to drop a little bit, and I think that that makes perfect sense too. Because if we all remember what this Chicago offense looked like when Justin Fields was trying to play just traditional quarterback role and not the mobile quarterback role, it was one of the worst offenses we've seen in, in quite some time. And so this total was sitting 46 and a half it, literally, literally yesterday. You know, so this thing has fallen three and a half points all the way down to 43. And I think there's probably still some room to, to continue to move here.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the Bears, if they lose and the Texans beat the Colts, the Bears could be in position for the first selection in the yep. NFL draft. So, yes. um,
4: which puts them in an awesome situation because they have their quarterback position figured out. So they are going to get an awesome trade offer from someone. Yes. And so like getting that number one pick is certainly would be awesome for Chicago because they are going to get a very quarterback hungry team come in and trade for that pick because they're going to take a defensive player as it is anyway. They can trade back three, four, five spots. It won't matter, and they'll still be able to get the guy.
3: Good stuff. More quarterback updates with the Dolphins, with the Commanders. The list goes on. We will do that on the other side of this quick break. Winter sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers' online sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, or basketball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered every week. Join them for new promotions like the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and more. It's a whole new game. Back here on Visa and Final Countdown, Stormy Bonantoni and Matt Brown with you. And I forgot to bring this up when we started the show because, um, you know, more important things to discuss. But Kelly Bidlin mentioned earlier today on a numbers game a certain wager that you have yet to fulfill that involves a field goal and yes. i was very curious what that entails
4: yes and it was mainly because listen i was recovering from injury uh and then it got cold and and, now, and then you things, pulled your hamstring and I don't, yesterday and I don't so do things it's still in the cold getting... and so but it is <laughs> i have to make a 40 yard field goal right-footed out of five tries and i have to make a 21 yard field goal Left-footed, out of three tries,
3: and what happens if you don't make it?
4: Well, we have there's there's and action. there's additional things. There's there's, that there's, you there's, have- there's action. There's wagers that have been made all over the place.
3: Wow. Yeah. So, okay. F-
4: five chances at forty yards. Three chances at ni- at twenty-one yards. Left-footed.
3: Okay, so, it, but like, what are the repercussions then if you miss it? Or is it just action no, other everything's people are monetary. betting on you?
4: Yeah, everything's okay. just monetary. All right. It was Bank of Matt was open. Book of, <laughs> the book of, book of Matt was open, and I was taking all comers. So, we got to get this on so, the schedule.
3: We got to get this on the calendar.
4: Yeah, so we're, as soon as it starts to warm, I think like right after, um, you know, like like Marchish okay. seems like pretty good, like, pretty good time.
3: And like I was saying, we'll you, lifted, to warm up around here. you lifted March? up your leg yesterday to show off your shoes and pulled your hamstring. So that should give you an extra couple weeks of rest and recovery. Well, yeah, we get to past the Super so.
4: Bowl. We got to get, because I can't, <laughs> I, you know, there's, there, are, there can't be sh- any like practicing or anything March like that. March is fair. How and about this? cold. How
3: about We'll give you even April as well after the NCAA tournament concludes.
4: There it is. So I have get some time it, get between. It the, Steph,
3: write this down. Sometime over important.
4: the NCAA tournament <laughs> stretch or something. All right. Between the, between the NCAA tournament and the Kentucky Derby. How about that?
3: I love it. All, All right, right. We're going to locking it, it in. There, there
4: it is. Locking Lock, it in. So this is coming through. Uh, Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk is, was on a radio station in Pittsburgh says that he has heard through the grapevine that week 19 would be Cincinnati and Buffalo with the NFC wild card games. Week 20 would then be the AFC wild card games with a buy on the NFC playoffs there in week 20. Again, nothing in stone, this nothing, is just a whatever. Potential something creative I guess that has solution. maybe been floated or something that he heard maybe had been floated. So week twenty
3: whatever. would be Pro Bowl week. So
4: typically. week twenty would typically be No, Pro Bowl or is, is that... the week before the Super Bowl. So it doesn't really change. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah. in my head. So it doesn't really change anything from okay. from that standpoint. So um yeah. So anyway, there'll be betting implications with that for sure, because um if that were to play out so if Kansas City wins this week against the Raiders then Cincinnati has no chance to be the one seed. So if that were the case, in, and they tried to play this game in week 19, you would likely just get Cincinnati taking it as a bye week. So there would likely be nobody. So the Bills would moonwalk to a number one seed okay. in the AFC. So that's kind of how that would that's kind of how that
3: okay, went. so that's one one scenario that's been put out yeah. there. Um, we'll see what ends up actually happening as that information um, becomes official. We'll sure, certainly relay it. In the earlier block of the show, we mentioned Justin Fields is not going to play this week in the uh, Bears and Vikings game. A number of quarterback updates around the NFL in week 18. Uh, let's go to Miami because with Tuatunga-Vailoa recovering from another concussion, uh, Teddy Bridgewater now dealing with a reported dislocated pinky. So his status is... Is TBD so much so that they have brought up Mike Glennon uh, onto the practice squad. Yeah. Skylar Thompson, though, of course, the the rookie late rounder, the third string option here against the Jets in a pick'em game.
4: Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be Skylar Thompson. Like it's gonna be Skylar Thompson. They, Teddy Bridgewater can't throw a. Fo- they, like he said today, also that he can't throw a football yet. And I mean, it's well, and
3: that's what the it's thing Wednesday. is. It's right, like it's Wednesday. If he, he can't can, throw a football, see, and this is like what we went through with um, wasn't it Dak earlier? Like if he can't grip the football, yeah.
4: And he didn't play. How are you gonna yeah. play? Yeah, and yes. he didn't. And so it's kinda like the same thing we're saying here. It's like, listen, they can say all they want to. The dude hadn't the dude can't throw on Wednesday. That's all I'm going to say. Not a good sign. Again, like, the dude can't throw on Wednesday. It's like going to be Skylar Thompson. I would be – if I was looking at this game and we're trying to – and I don't know why you are trying to bet any of these games super early because, like, again, everything is just – I thought you were just, just saying
3: in general, I don't know why you'd want to bet this game, period. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's like, not any good of these games
4: super early, like, unless there were some – game, you know, unless you were trying to get out in front of information. But, I mean, does it really change your opinion all that much, whether it's going to be Teddy or Skylar? I mean, that you're getting a point right now – Uh, In that game, Jets are one-point favorites. 38.5 is your total, ridiculously low total. I don't know if it really changes your opinion all that much, so – I would just hold out and see, you know, see what the information brings.
3: Skylar Thompson appeared in 6 games this year, one start, 54% completion percentage, 382 total yards, one touchdown, three picks, but you still are hoping he does not get injured because Mike Glennon even worse. He is 6 and 25 all-time as a starter and last year in spot duty when he needed to come in for four starts for the New York Giants had four touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Uh let's move to the Commanders head coach Ron Rivera benching Carson Wentz. Yet again, Um, and it looks like Sam Howell is getting the nod here. Rookie quarterback taking the reins in week 18. Wentz was, you know... Brutal again last week, three interceptions, no touchdowns, a rough loss to Cleveland. And and it makes sense in the final game of the year. See what you have with the rookie quarterback. Early reports from Jeremy Fowler said that both he and Taylor Heineke would play in this game. Commanders getting seven and a half total 41.
4: Yeah. So the writing was kind of on the wall with this one as well. Right. I mean, it was one of those deals where we were sitting six earlier today in favor of the Cowboys. Then one of the beat reporters, came out and said, and that's when I actually came into our little rundown and typed it in, and then they made it official a little mm-hmm. bit later. But one of the beat reporters came on and said, oh, by the way, Sam Howell was taking reps ahead of Taylor Heineke at practice today. And then what happens? Not only does it blast off the six, it blasts all the way through the seven <laughs> yep. to seven and a half in favor of the Cowboys, and as yes, it should, right? I mean, it's, the guy, it's a guy making his first start against a team that is incredibly highly motivated to win mm-hmm. the game because of all the implications that could have if things fall their way. Here for Dallas and pretty good defense as it is anyway, right? So uh, it makes perfect sense as this is now on the other side of of seven. I mean, I don't know how much action I'm going to have this week. I don't know if I'm going to be looking at any sort of teaser legs or anything, but this is starting to look really kind of prime here to get Dallas at a point and a half, even though I have them at plus plus three and a half or whatever, plus four and a half or whatever it was that I have them when they thought that when everyone yeah. thought they were going to be sitting their starters this week. Um, so I think getting them down. If you're looking for a dance partner, I think this would be a a really good look this week. There's only a couple of options, but I think that this one's pretty tempting.
3: Yeah, agree. And just speaking to the a lot on the line, they can clinch the NFC East title with a win and an Eagles loss to the Giants long shot, but they're still in the hunt for the one seed as well should the 49ers screw it up Mm -hmm. big against the Arizona Cardinals this week. Speaking of which, David Blau will be getting the start there and DeAndre Hopkins will not be playing in that game against San Francisco. Um, Speaking to the Eagles though as well, Jalen Hurts. Was out there practicing today, getting first-team reps.
4: Yeah, and it's one of those. Well, they did a walkthrough today, and so like he would have been listed as he'd have been listed as as limited in practice today. But it was it was one of those things where he's going to play, right? I mean, they have no choice. Like they they want that one seed like very very badly, and so I think that what we're seeing here is a team that even with at the fourteen though, like we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I feel like this is going to be too many points even if the Giants sit players because the Eagles, again, we talked about yesterday, motivation, yes, tons of motivation mm. to win the game, though. That's it. Like, to win the game and hopefully make it out of the game as healthy as humanly possible, right? Because we are talking about a team that did suffer a couple of injuries here down the stretch that could, that could certainly linger into the playoffs. And so... They just need to win, and they don't need to win by a ton. And I imagine with the Jalen Hurts situation, they find themselves up a good amount in this game. He is going to end up on the bench again, right? Because you don't want to take any chances at all because it has now been proven what this team looks like without him. Yes. Like, it has now been proven he is a massive key to the way that they've formulated this offense to work properly. And so, um, yeah, I, I – I, Again, I think that I would take the 14th mm-hmm. if I had to. I unfortunately don't have to bet it this week. Though we're gonna have to come up with five contest picks.
3: Yeah, but pro tip, you don't have to bet everything. That's you d- on the you board, you so don't. You but go. you know
4: what though, we are going to have to come up with we are going to have to come yes. up with five contest picks this week. So good luck to us.
3: That will be interesting. I, as far as the Eagles though, like you said, in terms of not showing up at the same level that they were with Jalen Hurts, a 40-34 to loss to the Cowboys, a 20-10 to loss this past week at home against the Saints with Gardner Minshew under center. And this has now caused Nick Sariani all of a sudden not to be this lock uh, for coach of the year. And I know you disagree, but Jalen Hurts to me is now shown that he is that much more important, that he is to me still a viable candidate for MVP. I, as you smile and you're like no Stormy, listen just leave it uh, alone. listen I'm not Live getting my,
4: I'm not getting my hopes up I pray I pray I hope you're right mm. I hope you're right but peace and peace you know.
3: thoughts and prayers for this one mm. Very <laughs> so. okay we're gonna step aside when we come back we will be joined by Eli Hershkovich. talk a little bit of college hoops with the lead writer from the lines.com
0: final countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on v the sports
4: betting network
3: not get googling i need the canadian number become a vsin pro subscriber for 79 american dollars and get access to everything we do here at vsin from now through the big dance sign up today you also get 20 bucks to buy vsin sports betting hats shirts mugs all of the great gear at our online store only vsin pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made from show hosts and guests betting splits and of course those betting reports this is a limited time offer so sign up now and get vsin pro access through the end of march madness at slash subscribe what do you think it is? 10 1,
4: oh, one mm. 10. Oh <laughs> no, no, no. What? I was thinking you were going to go down a little and I was like,
3: oh, you yeah. I was going to but I said 10 oh and yeah, then you yeah. made me sound I know, mm. I, was, I was getting
4: excited because you were like 10649. I so was going to
3: say 106. I hate a you right little now. little
4: bit of a discount to our friends up north today. I would mm. get on it today because this was 107 some odd. Yeah. Some odd Canadian change yesterday, and today it is 106, some odd Canadian change. So you need to hurry up and get on this. Yes,
3: again, this now through the big dance. And and speaking of March Madness, yesterday was madness in college hoops. A number of top 25 upsets. We saw Kansas State down number six, Texas. Pitt defeated number 11, Virginia. And that was actually really cool. A lot of Pitt fans were wearing number three stuff for DeMar Hamlin, of course, a, a former Pitt football player. And then Fresno State, New Mexico, was finally the lone undefeated team in college basketball, and they lose to freaking Fresno State, a sub-500 squad. I, that's why the Mountain West gets no love, because of things like this. But to help us continue discussing some college hoops, we bring in good friend of the show, Eli Hershkovich, like we do every week, lead writer for the lines.com, host of the Outside Shots podcast. Welcome in. Uh, I'm so mad at New Mexico, Eli. How are you <laughs> today, though? <laughs>
6: Yeah, I understand the the hate towards Fresno State. Four and a half point home dogs. Maybe they closed around three and a half, four, but... That's why Madness is great in January. That's why they call it January Madness. Just kidding. But it was a fun (laughs) upset to watch.
3: That's why they call it January Madness. Love it. No, but I mean, they (laughs) held New Mexico without a bucket for the last four and a half minutes. Like, come on, Lobos. Be better. They've got a sellout game upcoming against UNLV, which I will be excited about in the pit on Saturday. Anyways, nobody cares about Mountain West basketball, but (laughs) I am curious from your standpoint. Obviously, we had so many upset specials yesterday. As far as today's card of games go, should anybody Beyond upset watch what are you looking at
6: yeah big one in the Big East don't have any bets on this game but UConn coming off the loss at Xavier over the weekend now five five and a half point favorites on the road at Providence and to me this comes down to the front court right because the Huskies have one of the best defensive front courts in college basketball Adama Sanogo Donovan Klingon off the bench the seven foot two five-star freshman but Alex Caraban another freshman uh, who's played well for the Huskies this season got exposed defensively against Xavier, against that athletic Musketeers front court. And Providence has a Kentucky transfer in Bryce Hopkins, who has lit it up this season, similar to the Musketeers, or at least their front court, a very athletic four man could space it out a bit. But if Providence can control the paint inside, UConn could be on upset alert again, especially if their back court struggles. But I do think the Huskies bounce back tonight, not going to lay it. Uh, the key for this game is going to be if UConn can turn Providence over, even though Jared Bynum, the point guard for the Friars, has been playing a lot better in conference play. He's turnover prone. I mentioned Hopkins and, and Providence's other big and Ed Croswell turned the ball over a bit too. So if UConn can leak out in transition, Providence probably has a tough time keeping this mm-hmm. thing within two possessions. But staying away from the side in total for me.
4: 7 p.m. Eastern, we have Penn State and Michigan. Right now, Michigan, a four-point favorite in this one with a total of 141 and a half. You're not looking so much at a side here, but you are looking at that total.
6: Yeah, I bet the under earlier this morning, Matt, I took under 141 and a half. And it's it's scary, right? Because this Penn State backcourt led by Jalen Pickett, one of the better point guards across all of college basketball, second-highest assist rate in the country. And Michigan has really struggled to defend against dribble penetration. And like I mentioned, Pickett and this Penn State backcourt can pick you apart, and then they can hit open threes. But Penn State also shooting just under 39% from three. I think you see some aggression against a Michigan defense that I know it's scary to say in its own right, but it's starting to come along a bit. We saw it against Maryland. Yes, that's an anemic Terps offense, but Michigan, Juwan Howard was throwing in some matchup zone. I think we're seeing Michigan start to come into their own a little bit. And if we do see Penn state, see some of that three point shooting regression. And then this Nittany Alliance defense also matches up well at the other end of the floor against Hunter Dickinson, if they pack the paint. So I like the under, I like the pace as well for a slower tempo Penn state offense. I think this one goes under 141 and a half
3: here with Eli Hershkovich, who does have a full write-up betting guide of this game at thelines.com today, so make sure you go check that out. Another game we're looking at here, TCU and Baylor. TCU only has one loss all season long. It was by one point back in early November to Northwestern State, but since then, been reeling off win after win. They're approaching a pretty tough three-game stretch. They have Baylor today, then number 25 Iowa State, and then at number six, Texas. As far as tonight's game goes, Baylor looking to Bounce back from their first loss in a little while. What do you see here?
6: Yeah, Baylor getting LJ Crier back is huge mm. because they've struggled with turnovers. Their five-star freshman Keontae George, even though he's a very explosive athlete, has turned it over a bit. You still have a reliable guard in Adam Flagler, but getting cryer back, who could also space the floor, spaces the floor at a very efficient rate, is huge for this Baylor offense. But at the other end, TCU could definitely take advantage of Baylor on the offensive glass, even though Baylor. Generates their fair share of second chance shots in their again for themselves at the other end of the floor. TCU has a very, very athletic front court. Eddie Lampkin, a sophomore big, generates a ton of second-chance opportunities for the Horned Frogs. But in order to beat a no-middle defense, even though this Baylor defense isn't what we've seen or are accustomed to in years past, under Scott Drew, you have to space them out. You have to space out no metal defenses in general. And while TCU has some explosive scores, Mike miles, one of the better scorers across all of college basketball, he's a 30% three-point shooter for his career. And that's carried over into this season. TCU is shooting just under 30% from three this season. So I get why TCU is a bit of a trendy dog on the road at Baylor, especially after the Bears got blown out at Iowa State. But it's a good bounce back spot, especially with LJ Cryer back for Baylor, assuming he does go. He practiced yesterday. So staying away from this game and and trying to see if TCU can get that three-point shooting efficiency up as well.
4: Let's look at Duke and NC State. Duke uh, dropped Wake Forest and then bounced back against Florida State. Uh, find themselves three losses on the season. Eli, is this one of those things where you're trying to figure out if this Duke team is for real? I mean, they, they rattled off several wins before dropping that game uh, uh, two games ago. How, how do you kind of look at them in the grand
6: scheme of things? Their big picture. Yeah, and, and looking at Duke, going back to that wake forest loss, they didn't have Derek Whitehead. They didn't have Lively either. So it's definitely worth noting two of their better freshmen this season. But to me, this game tonight against NC State boils down to the front court because NC State is one without one of their better bigs in Mahorchich. And this Duke front court, especially with Lively back. And Philipowski can generate second chance shots. Duke has also taken a a major leap offensively. Granted, they've taken a step back defensively. And that's why I kind of shy away from the total in this game. Even though their offense has taken a step up, their defense has taken a step back. I was looking at the under. And when you consider the pace that Duke plays at, it definitely plays towards the under. But Duke's backcourt has also taken a leap. And that's because of Jalen Blakes, one of their other freshmen who has replaced Tyrese Proctor in the starting lineup and might be the best Duke guard on the roster. Currently, he was a really good defensive player earlier on in the season, but he's coming into his own offensively. And then NC state has some very explosive guards. So you could see the total go over. I'm a little bit worried about it because of the pace that Duke plays at, even though their defense has regressed a tad under John Shire in his first year replacing coach K. But, This is one of those games where, again, I just want to see how Duke fares defensively against a very explosive Wolfpack offense.
3: They have historically had success against NC State, so we'll see if they can get it done again today. Uh, When you look at this top 20 clash in the SEC between Arkansas and Missouri, um, Arkansas just lost to an unranked LSU team straight up looking to bounce back, and Mizzou had a, a win over Kentucky and Illinois in back-to-back games. So, so as you look at this game, is it is it one team that's trending in a, in a better direction than the other, or how do you view it?
6: Yeah, this is one of those kind of similar to TCU because Baylor was just coming off that loss at Iowa State, and like you mentioned, Arkansas loses at LSU last weekend. We're, I'm not necessarily sold on LSU, even though they did contend against Kentucky. How dare they, you? They covered. I'm sorry, Matt. I'm sorry to do it. Uh, to say that about your LSU Tigers. <laughs> but uh, you go back to that game last week, and LSU zoned Arkansas, and that works out really well, especially since the Razorbacks don't have Nick Smith, one of their five-star freshmen, on the floor. He's dealing with some sort of a knee issue. So if Mizzou does that to Arkansas tonight, that would definitely pay dividends. And then you look at the other ends of the floor for a Mizzou offense that is shooting the ball at a very efficient rate. Nick Honor, Des Moines Hodges, uh, this team can really space you out. Kobe Brown is a very explosive scorer for Mizzou, but I'm just worried about their three point shooting regression. So okay. I'm staying away from that game overall, looking to see if Arkansas can bounce back. Ah, oh,
3: Man, I was looking at the plus eight with Missouri, and I was like, I think that this could be feeling good. <laughs> Thank you, Eli. I appreciate you as always.
6: Have a good rest of the show, guys.
3: Will do. We are going to round out our two when we come back with the first event of the 2023 season of the PGA Tour. At luckylandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law.
2: 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.
0: This is VCED's final countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSEN, the sports betting network.
3: Welcome back in to Visan Final Countdown. This segment of the show presented by Zyn Nicotine Pouches, a surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Look, most nicotine products can be too complicated to use. They don't give you the satisfaction you're looking for. Zyn might surprise you. Zyn Nicotine Pouches made with six simple ingredients and completely tobacco leaf free. Plus, it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. You can buy Zyn online or find a store near you at zyn.com. That's ZYN.com. Warning this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addiction. Chemical golf is back. It is. After a six-week hiatus mm-hmm. PGA tour, returning for the century Tournament of Champions out in Maui. You excited?
4: Yeah, I mean, look, this is it's only it 39, going. 39 golfers in the field, right? So I mean it's not your typical, it's not your typical event, but you know, we're getting back in the swing of things here.
3: So yes, it's only 39 golfers, but like it is a field of ballers. Yes, because this seventeen is in the top twenty. Seventeen in the top twenty, like that is yeah. Really cool. Unfortunately, you're not going to have Cameron Smith, though, defending his title since he is a uh, member of the Live Golf Tour on right on now. So he is on Go on, get on. the next. Rory McIlroy, world number one. He's going to be starting in Abu Dhabi, I believe yes. I read. So he's not going to be taking part in this one. But But still, outside of that. Yeah, outside is of that. It's awesome. A now, short field, but awesome field. Like, it's going to be fun.
4: One thing we do need to monitor over the next, like, 18 hours here before this. So Xander Shoffley did pull out of the Pro-Am today. Now, that might have just been a precautionary thing or something, but just keep that on your radar um, just in case. I so. do not
3: like that because I was going to talk about him today because I really am mm-hmm. San Diego State alum. What can mm-hmm. I say? I'd be rooting for the guy. Yeah. But. I heard a lot of smart people say they liked him in this tournament. Yeah, so no, I was thinking about uh, no, doing a flyer. For
4: sure. Um, just, you know, listen, like I said, it might have just been precautionary. It might have been yeah. one of those things like, hey, I woke up and my back was a little tight. I don't want to go and, I, you know, mess with it out here in a pro-am. But, so we'll see. We'll see if we get any quotes from him. A little bit later today, they are still three hours behind us, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like there's, there's plenty of day left over there in Hawaii. Kapalua Plantation Course here, 7596 yards, par 73. Um with that par 73 what it is is there's only three par 3s, uh four par four par fives and then 11 par fours in this thing. Now, eight of those par fours are under 425 yards. And so this is a course of Pretty short holes and then some kind of mammoth holes. So it's it's like a combination of that. They're not like a bunch of normal sized holes. Like it's a bunch of short holes, a bunch of long holes, and then nothing really in between. Big, huge Bermuda. Greens, wide open fairways. There's absolutely no water danger whatsoever on this. 93 bunkers, which is the fourth most on tour. So there is that that they have to worry about a tad, but not really because where they're placed, it doesn't really come into play near as much as it does on some of these other courses. Because remember, this is a resort course. And not only is it a resort course, it is a course in which they're letting these guys come out. Look, they earned their way here into the tournament of champions. They all hadn't played in a while. Mm So it's like they're easing them back in, right? So this is not this is not a course that's going to play difficult and it is going to play pretty low to parse the second easiest course on tour the last five seasons of the of the PGA tour. The only thing that there's one kind of standout score you'll see when Justin Thomas won, he was only 14 under. It was the wind was like insane that year, like it was just crazy, crazy, crazy wind, which made the course play much, much, much harder. But typically, we're looking at scores in the 20s. I mean, even you know, Cam Smith got into the 30s, right? As far as under par, so we're, we're going to get really, really low scores in this thing.
3: John Rahm, last year's runner up, uh, is the favorite in this event. He, I mean, probably would have won last year had it not been for just a record setting performance from Smith in that instance, but. I mean, you're the golf expert in this one. From what I have gathered in, like, my preliminary research is that this is an event that has tended to favor the shorter shots on the board. So would you look to some of those names that are better established higher on the board? Mm, Here's
4: here's the issue with this, and it's just that... He's so incredibly short in a field that is just littered with really, really, really high-talent people. And not only that, but really, really high-talent people where the talent gap of the PGA Tour has really shrunk over over the last couple of seasons. I mean, if you look at these short shots, and again, you just mentioned Rom. Rom over at DraftKings, sitting 6.5-1 to win. Scotty Scheffler, 8.5-1. to one to win Xander's at 10 can lays at 10 JT is at 10 Finau comes in at 14, but you get down to me. Like we're talking about guys who were consistent contenders last year in Cam Young at 18, mm-hmm. Matt Fitzpatrick at 20, Sam Burns won four times in the last 15 months. He's sitting at 22. So it, it's one of those things where like, I, I can't put a bet in on John Rahm and feel good about it at six and a half to one just because of the competition that he's going up against here. And especially here's the here, the other thing about this is with it being a birdie, for, uh, birdie fest like this, right? It really doesn't favor playing the shorter shots in these things because like any of these guys on an easy course can light the course up like any given day, right? Like it's not one of – when you play these harder courses, it's very hard – for you know guys to just go and light it up four days in a row like golf tournament you know golf tournaments for four days long right and so you you get the kind of the cream rises to the top right and in in this type of deal would it surprise me at all if if you know any of these guys even further down the board than what we have even on the first odd screen here were to win this thing like it would not because these guys are pro golfers they are on easy courses they just go out and and light it up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah.
3: So then talk us through the, the names of the golfers that you are targeting here.
4: Yeah. So, I mean, look from the way that I kind of built my model is like driving distance is always a bonus. So I'm always going to have at least a little bit of an element of that most of the time, you know, but it's not an absolute requirement given this course setup to have driving distance widest fairways, like second widest fairways on tour. So like driving accuracy isn't necessarily a requirement for me either this week, but we're gonna have, and you'll y'all hear me talk about this over the course of the whole golf season, is is you know, I will have some sort of strokes gained approach in my model every single week. It will just vary on how heavily I weight it depending on the course and the other factors that come into play. So approach is always going to be part of the model each and every week. It's a fairly easy course, and like I said, it could turn into a birdie fest. So I have birdie or better gained in there as well. Uh, We talked about these short par fours, so I'm looking at par fours 400 to 450 yards because eight of those par fours, as we mentioned, are under 450 yards. And then all the par fives can be reached in two. So all of these guys in this field can reach these par fives in, in, in two. So I'm looking at par five scoring as well because a lot of strokes can be made made up there. Some of these holes are on the short side, like I mentioned. So we're going to need proximity with our short irons. And then the long holes that are way, way longer, we want proximity with our long irons, really nothing in between that we're looking at as well. And with these huge, huge greens, I did look also at three putt avoidance because what can happen is, is you can be on the green, but you can just be a mile away from the hole. Right. And so what we don't want is a guy who like is, is, is who's prone to three putting uh, on these big, massive greens like that. So, so, Basically when I ran the model and again a lot of these guys don't have recent form because we just hadn't played in a while right mm-hmm. and so I went back 36 rounds I went back 24 rounds and I even went back just and then I just did like I ran the 12 round model just to see what it looked like of the guys who have played at least a little bit in the fall and see kind of what their see kind of what their form was as well and basically Justin Thomas is a guy that continually kind of rose to the top here for me Justin Thomas at 11 to 1 I did put in a ticket on in this one, um, look, basically all the statistics that I was looking for, he's somewhere in kind of that top five-ish, top five-ish, six-ish range, something like that. So I did put in a ticket on Justin Thomas. He's the shortest guy that I was willing to bet this week at 11-1. to 1.
3: He's won two of the last six tournaments as he's, well, so that he helps. He says he
4: feels super comfortable in courses like this. He's a pro. He's played this a ton of different times. There's just a lot of things mm-hmm. that kind of like going, going his way for all this. The other guy that I have an outright on, is Sam Burns, and anyone that followed, you know, follows me on this golf stuff, you know, I'm, I'm prone to betting Sam Burns a lot, but here's the pro- here's the problem with Sam last year in some of these tournaments was he got real erratic off the tee and found himself in the rough a ton, and, and, and rough, you know, a lot of these courses that they play is, is super penal. Well, like I just mentioned, huge, huge fairways here, and even if you get in the rough, this rough's like not penal really at all, and so... The, him being super erratic off the tee doesn't really phase me for Sam Burns. And we know the upside of Sam Burns. Like He can score with the best of them. He is birdie maker. He can make eagles. He can do the whole nine yards. And the, really the odds is what, what got me here. I ended up, I found a 28-1 to one out there. Again, we always say with these odds, with these with these outright shop around, shop around on that. So 28-1 on Sam Burns. And as we mentioned yesterday, I took kind of a half unit play on both Tom Kim and Will Zalatoris. Both of those guys really high up in my model. Tom Kim never played here before. A lot of debutantes don't really do well their first go here at this course for whatever reason, but Tom Kim seems to be super special, and I want to get in on him before, like, like try to be ahead as opposed to playing catch-up. And then Zal Torres, as we talked to a little bit yesterday, I have a ticket in on him at 33-1, to uh, kind of a half-unit type deal. He's hurt. He was hurt. I don't know how hurt he is still. He's battling back from injury, so I don't want to put a full stake in on him, but this number on him is predicated off of him Mm -hmm. still being some sort of injured and some sort of hurt because if not, he's top three in every single version of the model I ran.
3: I would recommend if you have the time, you want to get into golf betting, go take a listen to his breakdown to Matt's breakdown yesterday of his top tips for getting into the golf betting season. Also, Wes Reynolds has an article out today on vcin.com previewing the century and his best bets as well. Take a look.